Bombs, prepare for multi-ball. Hello, and welcome to Pitball Nerds Podcast, coming all the way from River Hibbert's Nova Scotia to the holes in the side of your head. Introducing your host, Orbital Albert. That's me. Take it away. Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, episode 320 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orbital Lubbard, and in today's episode, I'm going to be doing a year in review. Now, I was hoping to be joined by uh, Glenn the Skateboarder for the year in review and for it to be a bit of a chat back and forth, but uh, we got our time zones mixed up, and Glenn is going to join the show again, uh, I'm very sure, and I can't wait. And don't worry, Glenn, I know you had said, did you want a co-host for the year in review? And then you said, is that too pretentious? No, it's not too pretentious. Every person I have on this show co-hosts with me, and I would love to have you back. Um, But let's get right into our year in review. So on the last episode, I talked a little bit about all the different things that I did that were personal moments to me. Now I want to talk a little bit more about the machines, the pinball itself, the notable moments. that the the things that just made pinball special for everybody in the pinball community, not just good old Orby here. All right. So these are in no special order, but let's start with the Twippies. Now I will be, to be fair, I just listened to the special one lit holiday special. Go listen to that. I'm about halfway through. I really apologize, Ken and Bill, that uh, Chris and I were wanting to get you that message and uh, it didn't happen. And I apologize I should have got it done. I'm sure there's people that way more busier than me that got it done. Uh, lots of people from Stern, lots of other podcasters. It's a great episode. Go listen to it, guys. Um, but I have to agree, Mr. Zach Many. And spoiler alert: If you haven't listened to it yet, he he does say on the Special One Pinball Podcast, Zach Attack Many, the hardest working guy in pinball. He says that the Twippies, and I, that is something I kind of forgot about. So Chris the Pintern got to go on stage, dress up as Willy Wonka to accept the award uh, for Best Homebrew by Mark and City, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, so that was an awesome moment. Not just that, but like getting to see Christopher Franchi break that, break the Twippy on stage and every bewilderment uh, of what the, like Mike Vinicor going, what is happening? Not sure if it was serious or if it was funny, uh, you know, Canada getting called out for the jerky is, um, a couple other things that happened during it that were just really entertaining. I was on the edge of my seats. I can't wait for this year's Twippies. Uh, but that was something that stood out because the first year Twippies, you know, were kind of done just with Zach and Greg from straight down the middle, uh, you know, doing it, you know, I don't know if it was live, but I don't think it was, but this was live. This had hundreds of people in attendance. The production quality between Jeff Patterson and Zach and Greg was through the roof. Um, and I would I would really be lying if I didn't say that This Week in Pinball, the website itself, not just the podcast, which I love with Dennis and Zach, of course, but the site that's run by Jeff Patterson, that 2019, Jeff stepped it up even further. If you wanted to get high resolution pictures of a new machine coming out, that's where you went. If you wanted to get any information, detailed, deep dives, that's where you went. And I apologize. I feel like I'm slurring my words just a little. I'm now on my fourth Ryan Ginger. So I'm kind of going poor man's pinball podcast here. To be honest, I decided to have a couple of Ryan Gingers, partially because it's New Year's and partially because I did think Glenn was coming on. And, you know, I thought, nah, maybe, 
you know, I can, cause the thing is I can't really drink when you're just doing a solo podcast. You can hear my ice cubes here. You can probably hear my ice cubes there. But every second that I choose to have a sip is me not talking, and that's blank air. And you poor pinball podcast listeners already have to hear a little bit of dead air at the start of each show where I'm switching from hitting record and then going into playing my theme song and other times when I lose my train of thought. So thank you guys for sticking in there with me. But I had to give This Week in Pinball because that is the go-to site for news. I've called them the CNN. Uh, I don't think they're slanted. I think they're very... In the middle, I, I guess I could have called them the Fox, to be fair, to go on the other side. But everybody goes to This Week in Pinball, and every pinball podcaster owes a lot to them. So get out and support This Week in Pinball any way you can. Um, I was able to be at the insider level for quite a, a bit this year, which was great. Um, I hope to join them again on Patreon. But more importantly, I give you know This Week in Pinball lots of shout-outs on the show. I make sure to like and share any pertinent information that they come up with on Facebook. And then at the same time, uh, I also just go there and read the page. And, and, and that helps support as well, of course. So very supportive of, of the Twippies as well as This Week in Pinball and all the hard work and how much they really changed the pinball environment in the last year or two. So that was a big highlight for me. Um, then, of course, we had Zach Many, of course, from Flippin' Out Pinball start his Flippin' Out channel. And every single Monday, I'm not going to lie, I am like the world's biggest Jack Danger fan. But on Mondays, when I can go into the Flippin' Out stream, that's the the, the day when it's the hardest. I'm Watching Jack Danger, going back to the flipping out stream. Watching, I'm going back and forth the whole time because I love the chat. I, I mean, the Jack Danger's chat is lit as well, of course. But I like talking to all the other pinball podcasters that are in there. I like being part of the conversation. I even one of my favorite parts of the show is when they stop playing pinball just to do the call-in show. So if you haven't had the opportunity to, uh, you know, watch the Monday night stream on the Flipping Out channel, it's flip then the letter N. And then out. If you haven't had the chance to go watch them on Twitch, make sure you do that. Also getting excited tonight, of course, for Jack Danger's live stream. Now, leading into 2019, I had watched a little bit of Jack Danger. But 2019 was the year that, of course, I moved across the country. And being able to see Jack, not just, of course, one night a week, but several nights a week, working his butt off and going there and stream really made me feel like I was still part of the pinball community, even though I wasn't back in London, Ontario anymore. So that was huge for me. And I mean, Jack, I don't think people know the amount of work that he does behind the scenes. Now, I wouldn't be doing my podcast or myself any justice if I didn't mention this one this one thing. A few of you may have seen it on the Deadflip uh, Facebook group. And I don't want to, uh, I'm not going to exactly quote it, but Jack had said something about any of the categories you're not sure who to vote for. If you could vote for me uh, in that Twippy category, that would be great. Of course, Jack's not going to win like best podcast because he doesn't have a podcast or he did one podcast sort of the other night, but you know what I mean? And Ken Cromwell had kind of spoke up and, and said, you know, I really don't think it's cool that you're asking for votes in this because you have 21,000 followers. There could be categories like best pinball podcast where because of him asking for votes, someone, uh, you know, like myself who I'm just, I'm fingers crossed. I would really, really, really like to make the top 10 list. Uh, it's, you know, that, that, that portion of it's done anyways. I didn't want to get into too much of the drama, but I, I wanted to at least bring it up that, you know, I, cause I love Ken and I love Jack and I, I don't really know who's right. I understand why Jack did it and I get it. I also see Ken's side though, saying like, you know, I, I don't think he's saying like stay in your lane, but he's saying some people work so gosh darn it hard. 
uh, at this and they're not even going to get a drop down, you know, and just by being dead flip and Jack danger and having that amount of pull and asking to get voted in any categories, you're not sure about, it could have tipped the scales. Say I had got, I don't know, 12 votes and that was pulling me in for 10th place. Just by Jack saying that there could have been at least 12 or 13 of his 21,000 followers that maybe perhaps said, yeah, okay, I'll throw dead flip in the podcast category. I don't have one that's my favorite. And I don't know, whatever. I'll just toss dead flip in there. I have a favorite machine. I have a favorite this or that, but I don't have a favorite podcast, even though I listen to a lot of them. So yeah, I'll throw dead flip in there. And it could be possible that someone like myself who has worked really hard at podcasting and, and not as hard as Jack Dangers worked at live streaming, but I think that we all know he's going to win live streamer of the year. He, he could actually be mentioned in that category and could push someone like myself off. So it's tricky. It's a very tricky thing, but I trust in This Week in Pinball. I trust in Jack Danger. I trust in Ken Cromwell. I think that they've probably worked it all out behind the scenes. I don't want to bring it up again in the future, but uh, I think at some point Jack Danger did edit his post a little bit and kind of changed it around. And I think that's probably good because maybe the wording was um, just... I think that Ken was kind of speaking up for the pinball podcasting community and some of the other groups that wouldn't even get recognized in the drop down bar if it were for dead flip fans to do that. So I understand where they're both coming from. I think Jack was just trying to have some fun with it. He did specifically say only if you weren't going to vote at the same time, I can see that that does pull votes away from some other people who worked really hard at it and maybe were more deserving those categories. So I don't know where I lie on it, but I love them both, and I think that uh, I think maybe Jack could have dealt with that a little bit better. But I really do appreciate Ken kind of stepping in there and, and kind of you know standing up a little bit, I guess, for the pinball community in that way. And sometimes I've joshed on Ken saying that he sometimes he doesn't you know he's got to really stand up and take a take a stand on things, and he did it there. So shout out to Ken for doing that, and cheers to Jack. Jack, I'll be joining you in stream soon. I still love you, buddy. Uh, it has you know. It was a difficult situation. I tried writing, reading through the Facebook post several times, and I think it's still on the Dead Flip uh, channel if you're wanting to go read about it. But long story short, I love both of those dudes. I can't wait to see them. I think they're both going to win a Twippy. I think Special One Lit could win the Twippy for Best Pinball Podcast. I certainly think they should win the Twippy for Best Pinball Podcast. Um, my, I kind of like hearing a little bit more tournament stuff, and that's why when I did my podcasting awards uh you know having dennis on the show and a little bit of that tournament talk that did push it over the edge of course with zach's awesome production and and it's you know hilarious zach is definitely the funniest guy in pinball podcasting i would say and therefore that's just barely got my vote but i was between special one lit and this week in pinball podcast for a long time it was very hard to choose but i think that special one lit is deserving of the Twippy for the best podcast. And I hope that that happens. Um, the, and the voting opens like tomorrow. So also want to say to Jeff Patterson from this week in pinball, I'm glad that you're going to take a little mini break there for a month. Uh, the, the last thing we would want is our very favorite pinball news site to get burnt out. So take that little time off for yourself. Let the Twippy voting happen. And I know Jeff that you are such a pinball nerd that if something really big in pinball comes out, Probably he'll have to update us on it. But other than that, take some time off in January. Have a happy New Year's and enjoy. What else happened in pinball this year? So while we're talking about Special One Lit, there was a Special One Lit charity stream for Project Pinball. That was incredible. They raised $50,000 US. That's like a million dollars Canadian. Uh, that's going to put several pinball machines 
uh, into children's hospitals across the United States. And that is incredible. Introducing more people to pinball, but more importantly, giving someone who's already going through a tough time a small little outlet to take their mind off of the tough times they're going through and enjoy some pinball. Um, what else happened? That stream was incredible, the 24-hour stream, by the way. Keith Elwin's Jurassic Park. I believe it was Ed Robertson uh, had said on the special one that Holiday Pinball Podcast that Jurassic Park was the highlight of the year for him. I would have to agree as far as like on a non-personal level, of course, going to Pemberg was mine. If you haven't listened to the last episode where I talk about my top five moments, feel free to go back and listen to that when you get a second. Um, but I just think between, you know, how awesome the artwork is, the incredible animations by everyone there at Stern, including I think Chuck Ernst or Charles Ernst, as he mentioned on the, the, the holiday special for Special One Lit. Um, just playing the game the first time, getting to play it again, every time I get to play it, the fact that you know there's three flippers in the game and it's got some side-to-side -side motion and it's got all these neat shots and it's got some really easy shots, some really hard shots and some in between. And the, the balancing of the rules is incredible. And the artwork, like I said, by Johnny Crap is not crap. Uh, the sounds are great. The, the uh, you know, the tilt warning by Nedry, right? Uh, uh, uh. uh, that's just great. And I love the music in it. I just, I, Jurassic Park is incredible. That was definitely a huge, big highlight for me. Everything Jurassic Park. Watching the live streams. I will still watch a Jurassic Park live stream. I'm surprised it's not streamed more, actually. Um, because Wonka seems to be streamed almost to death. I've watched so much Wonka. I need to play it more before I watch anymore. However, uh, Jurassic Park is the game that, that would get my vote. Now, speaking of Wonka, one of the things that I was criticized a little bit for, probably my hottest take of the year. Now, I was going through a lot of trials and turbulations during this point. I was moving across the country. I was selling my house. I was renovating my house myself. I was moving my children literally like 1,800 kilometers away with all of my earthly belongings and taking all of my income and sinking it into getting a homestead and not having a mortgage and um, just all those crazy things that were happening. I probably was a little harsh on Wonka for the music, but I also have a personal bias against gambling, especially not so much gambling, but like slot machines, where in London, I believe that thousands and thousands of especially senior citizens or low-income people spend way too much of their disposable income. So um, I've got some people coming here to my house, so I'm going to put you on pause for just a second, but I'll be right back after I run to the bathroom, refill my drink, and say hello to everyone else. Just one momento, pinball nerds. All right, pinball nerds, I have refreshed my drink. I've gone to the bathroom. I've said hello to all the kids that just showed up here, Carson and Cord. I know Carson's a big listener, so shout out to Carson. And there's more people on the way soon, so I'm going to wrap this up fairly quickly. But uh, I've got, I have Luna in here with me. She normally is never in here while I'm recording. So if you hear some extra sounds, that's just Luna Elowen, don't worry. And speaking of Luna Elowen, that's where I left off. I know it doesn't seem like news when the number one pinball player on the planet wins Pinberg, but Mr. Keith Elowen himself went back there and did it again. I think he's won like eight times out of 13 or something crazy like that. So I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Keith Elowen. doesn't matter if you're Zach Sharp. It doesn't matter if you're Raymond Davidson, who's getting a Pinball Nerds podcast trading card. I'm really excited about that. Thanks, Raymond, for giving me your answers. Um, it doesn't matter who you are. To go back with a thousand of the best pinball players in the world and play good day one, qualify for A, play really well day two, uh, 
just for Julie Dorsers, there you go, not play good, play well uh, the next day and make finals and then go to finals and play as incredible like they didn't even have to play the last game. That's how well Keith played in the finals that he did not even have to play more than the first few games. Like he didn't even have to play the last game. He, instead of just a one ball plunge off, he basically, now he did play it out because they had to see who was going to get second and third and fourth and, and so on and such forth. Right. But um, also while talking about Pinberg, it's Pinberg selling out in seven seconds. So I believe two years ago when I tried to uh, get into Pinberg, it was my son Hayden's birthday, that birthday party that day. And two of the parents were late. And because of that, I got home like half an hour after it was starting to record and therefore didn't or started to record half an hour after it opened and did not get in. Then the following year, I tried my very best to get in and still did not get in in 2018. I think that I had tried to register it like I think it took me about 40 seconds to get it in my cart and uh, I still didn't get in. So this year I tried and still didn't get in. But thank God Mike Dimas got me in. That was awesome. Okay, so next on the list is Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. I'm a way bigger fan of season one and two than I am three, but I like three. Three is a little bit more about Hopper, which is okay. Uh, Luna Elwin's like, you're not even playing with me. I'm not going to stay on the bed. Luna, come here. No, hang out with me. The kids are downstairs and she is just too aggressive at jumping up on them. So I can't let her go downstairs right now, but she's running around here on the bed, making it hard for me to record. Um, Pimberg selling out in seven seconds is definitely up there in, you know, the big things that happened this year. Uh, really hoping that the, the new system that I think they're going to come out with will work really well and do better at that. Um, and then of course with stranger things, I haven't talked about it since, since the stream. So I wanted to take a little bit of time here and do that. I did my five fast thoughts on it, but I haven't had the opportunity to actually, uh, talk about after that. So after seeing it live streamed, I am confident that for the first time ever, I can say I would not get the pro. The pro looks cool, but the advantage of having that really rad levitating, um, telekinesis multi-ball as well as primarily the projector. Oh my gosh. Those two things I think I would need. So I think I would be a premium buyer for this one time. Uh, Luna's trying to scratch at the door and get out, but I'm not going to let her. Luna, come here. Come here. Can you bark for the, can you say hi to everybody? No, she's not a big barker, which really makes me happy because, you know, um, some dogs just, get too crazy and that's not good. But let's get back to pinball here. So Stranger Things looks really fun. I love, here's what I love after seeing it. They have made drop targets great again. And I've talked about this before with Dennis Kriesel and a, and a couple of other people that I wish, I, I know I know Dennis and I talked about pop bumpers getting more popular and, and, and better. And he did a whole article on, on machines where pop bumpers are very pertinent and important. And that would be, I guess, with Rick and Morty's, they've made pop bumpers great again. Well, with Stranger Things, they made drop targets great again because usually drop targets, other than like Walking Dead is the only one I can really think of recently. Uh, of course, you can't get to Bloodbath and Walking Dead or even start a mode without hitting the three drop downs on the left. So they're ridiculously important. But when you're talking about Stranger Things, um, you've got to hit down the four drop downs there to get the ramp to come down to shoot up at the Demogorgon. And I think that that is so cool. You got to demo the demo, 
right? Uh, and it looks fun. And I got to have the pleasure on the Flippin' Out channel last night, watch Steve Beattie and Ken Cromwell play for their very first time. And something that they noted was that their first few times, especially Steve Beattie, his first few times he got the ramp down and got to shoot at the Demogorgon, uh, Demogorgon, 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 the first time he got to shoot at him, uh, he honestly just kept he wasn't bricking. He was getting up the ramp, but he wasn't hitting the very center of it. It wasn't able to magnetize and therefore did not register as an actual hit to the demo. So, but uh, you know, like two or three games in both Ken and Steve were hitting it fairly frequently. I would say 50 to 60% of the time they were able to hit it and it was able to connect and register as a shot. So I don't think that it's too hard. Some people are saying it's too hard. I don't think it's too hard. I do like most of the ramps. I don't care that two of the ramps, I do like most of the shots. I don't care that two of the ramps are plastic. I guess they could break down a little quicker than metal, but those two ramps being plastic allows you to see more of what's going on in the background. And I sincerely do appreciate that. So what else happened this year? Rick and Morty, speaking of Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty was by far the biggest and most successful release for Spooky Pinball. I think Spooky Pinball's really found their stride in this machine. And I think moving forward, you're going to see them doing either 750 or 1,000, probably for any big themes coming out. So that's really good. And we've seen Stern Pinball just continue to put out machine after machine after machine. No, Luna. You can't go out right now, bud. Sorry. Come here. Come here. Sorry, guys. I never record with her in the room. Um, I truly believe that Rick and Morty is going to go down as being one of the best games of the year, even though I know it didn't come out to the very end and none of us have flipped it yet other than, you know, Denise and a couple other privileged people. Uh, but that game brought back left to right. And that made, I don't think you're going to see as many two flipper games anymore. So my one wish would be that in 2020, we see more and more games that are minimum three flipper, if not four. I think the amount of shots that you can build on a machine without it just being a straight-up fan layout is way easier if you've got four different flippers. That way you've got more side-to-side -side motion. You've got more shots that are you know, impossible to hit from the bottom, but really fun and easy and achievable from the other flippers. So um, that would be my one big wish. What up podcasting-wise? We saw like Loser Kid kind of came out and doing well. We saw Poor Men's Pinball Podcast really hitting their stride. Shout out to Drew and Ian. I just got to watch, uh, was it Laser, Laser Q, Laser Show? I Laser something. Oh, I should remember. But uh, Drew was awesome enough to take a picture of Ian uh, receiving it or vice versa. Oh, my God. I'll figure it out one day. I think that's right. And they even tagged me on it. Thank you so much, guys, for putting that video up. Um it was really exciting. What a cool gift to get your buddy, right? Is a, a pinball machine and, 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 and said topper to go with it. Um, what else was big this year? I think this was the year that streaming has kind of hit its stride. I would say like a year ago, you maybe had five channels that were averaging maybe 10 or more. So you probably had pinball undesirables, dead flip, of course, Buffalo pinball, um, but this year, now we've seen like the Flippin' Out channel doing well, uh, Special When Lit, uh, Buffalo Buffalo Pinball's got even bigger. Of course, I want to have Rudy Soup, the face of pinball on the show in the next couple of weeks, if not month. Um, we also had a new pinball podcast that just came out. They've only had two shows and the production quality is through the roof. Uh, and that is, of course, the super awesome pinball show. 
um, with Ed Vanderbeen from Texas Pinball Festival, Christian Line of Mrs. Pin's Pinball Podcast, and of course, the always controversial, yet always entertaining and funny, Christopher Franchi. Love you, Franchi. And yes, this year, part of my wish, my smaller wish than getting three to four flippers on every machine, is to simply... Uh, let Mr. Christopher Franchi win his long overdue Twippy for best artwork on the Munsters. If you don't think the Munsters premium, or, or sorry, the LE, which one is it with the black and white? If you don't think that, I'm pretty sure it's a premium. If you don't think that this is the most rad artwork on any pinball machine ever, then burn in hell. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, if you don't think it is, then you have a different opinion me, and that's okay. We don't have to have the same opinions, but the Munsters artwork was incredible. All the artwork Franchi's ever done was incredible, but it definitely, as much as I like Stranger Things, and as much as I love the artwork on Rick and Morty, which is, you know, the same as from the show, but as much as I love the artwork on Rick and Morty and how it was laid out and how the colors really pop, and also love the artwork, even on Alvira, I love the artwork. Um, that's another thing I didn't talk about, but it, when the voting opens tomorrow, you best darn well be voting for Franchi for the Twippy. We don't want to see him go on stage and break another one, if not. No, I'm just kidding. Um... I think that he's most deserving of it, and I think that he will walk away with that hands down. So he probably doesn't even need our votes, but he should get them. So what else happened in pinball this year? Uh, we saw a lot of cool live streaming and Twitch channels really kind of figure out their own. Oh, Colorado Pinball was one of the ones that always had kind of over 10 viewers pretty steadily. They've continued to grow. They hit some awesome milestones. Make sure you like them as well. Um, we've also had the opportunity to, to see, I would say this is the biggest growth on Twitch in 2019 for live streamers. I think I had like 21 pinball live streamers uh, on my list and now I have like 35. So there's like panic don't flip are coming up and doing really well. And there's just, there's so many other live streaming channels that are doing great that you should watch. Oh, of course, the one that always gets the most viewers is um, Indisc is, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. I humbly apologize. Um, who <laughs> who does it? <laughs> I apologize. But IE Pinball. So there we go. So IE Pinball has has just been doing incredible. And a lot of people are, you know, um, doing replicas of the really cool um, streaming mobile rig that, uh, of course, was done there. And I'm very excited to see what happens in 2020. I think that what we're going to see is more pinball streaming channels come out, I would guess there probably would be 15, or sorry, 15 to 20 new ones. So maybe 55 to even 60 channels you could watch for live pinball. I would like to see more happen during the day. When I stream during the day, uh, people always would tell me, wow, I never thought that someone would be, you know, I went on to Twitch just bored and thought there would never be anyone live streaming pinball. And I used to do those streams from like noon central time all the way to like midnight sometimes, like 10, 11, 12 hour streams. And during the day, I wouldn't get that many people. I get like four to six sometimes. And then at nighttime, it would slowly grow, hopefully to, you know, 10 to 15, maybe even up to 20 once in a while. So make sure you're supporting all your Twitch live streamers. They really do a lot for pinball. And just like pinball podcasting, it's undervalued. Uh, pinball podcasters and Twitch streamers get paid very, very, very little. I would guess outside of like Jack Danger and probably two or three other maybe you know uh twitch or, or pinball channels they get paid less than like minimum wage probably less than half of minimum wage to be honest and 90 percent of them like i know ken mentioned this on the special one lit uh channel and through flipping out that they spend all of those biddies back on just improving 
the live streaming and, and getting the mics better and getting better cameras and upgrading all of their equipment and getting new machines and that sort of thing. So all of that money goes really back into the stream. So I think we're going to see even more pinball podcasts come out. And I welcome that. If you're sitting there right now and you think, Orbital Albert, I could do a better job than you. You probably can. This is just me talking into like a $90 snowball mic in my bedroom, telling you about all the things in pinball I love. Now, next year, I, it's going to be a little less bloggy and a little more podcasty. Don't expect like the, the moon, but our show is going to have more a higher percentage of people interviewed. I don't know if I'll still be able to interview. I think I interviewed just over 90 people last year. I don't know if I'll be able to do that. However, I am going to make a top 10 list of people that I absolutely want to have on the show. And one of them will be Ed Robertson and the Bare Naked Ladies. I think it would be great to get to have him on an episode. Um, what what else was big in 2019? We did see more po podcasts come out of the woodwork, the Backbox Pinball Podcast. I know Lauren Gray just posted she got up to 10,000 listens. So 10,000 times in her first 29 episodes in her first like six to seven months, she was able to get 10,000, which is incredible. I was floored and shocked, when, like I said, when I hit 25,000 listens. Um, it was a very, very, very good year for pinball. We had an incredible number of awesome machines come out. If Elvira had came out like two years ago, I think it would have blown people's socks off. But because it had such steep competition on either sides of it, and partially because the code isn't done, I have heard some competitive players say, hey, we want to see more Elvira code. So I think that pinball companies are just going to step, step it up and step it up. Oh, Deep Root. I can't not mention Deep Root. Oh, my gosh. Deep Root came out with Raza. Now, I know it wasn't like, it didn't knock people's socks off as much as they wanted it to, but there definitely is some unique things happening in the game, and I'm really looking forward to that big launch coming up, I believe, in March. Um, by the way, Deep Root, if you want to send me down there, I already got the okay from my wife. I can go for up to two weeks. Y'all fly me down there, and I'll do a podcast today about every... Every single machine you release. I don't know how many you're releasing, but I will do a podcast every single day. I'll bring back your daily dose of pinball, and I will be doing that every single day down there. I don't think that's going to happen. I think at the very best case scenario, you know, some of the podcasters are going to be offered the uh, media releases, and I understand them not flying me down there. But if you want someone that can be there every day, day in and out, maybe for a week leading up to it and a week after doing your podcast, get a hold of me, Deep Root. You know I already applied to be your pin turn, and I still want to be it. What else can I say other than it was an awesome year in pinball and I'm very stoked for what comes next. Remember to get out there and vote for your favorite Twippy. And before I let you guys go, I did ask for a little favor from the pinball nerds just a couple hours ago and I have got some responses. So my question was, and I'm sorry I didn't do it earlier. I should have done it earlier. My question was, Happy New Year's Eve, nerds. I'm doing a top five for the year-end review today and want to know what five machines you are most stoked about in 2019. The list could include Munsters, Black Knight, Wonka, Rick and Morty, Jurassic Park, Stranger Things, Putty Factory, Celts, uh, Cosmic Carnival. I didn't think anyone would put in Cosmic Carnival, but I put it on the list to try to be inclusive. Of course, I forgot Elvira in there. I always seem to forget about her, but put them in order to how stoked you were, and I'll read them on today's podcast. So thank you to everybody who uh, took the time and energy to do that. Uh, Brian Cosner, also known as Cos, he's a correspondent, obviously, on the uh, Special One Lit channel, and you do see Cos a lot inside the streams and always have a good time chatting with Brian there. So Brian said, Jurassic Park, Stranger Things, Rick and Morty, 
Wonka and Oktoberfest. And I forgot Oktoberfest came out this year because it got streamed last year. And in my mind, it came out last year, but I forgot about that. So let's look down here a little bit further. Ian Haberman, Haberman, Haberman from the Poor Man's Pinball Podcast says, number one, Jurassic or sorry, number one, Wonka. Number two, Jurassic Park. Number three, Rick and Morty. Number four, Elvira. And then number five, I thought this was neat, Star Wars Comic Vault. I thought I forgot about that one. So there you go. It's a good thing that I asked for these answers. Thank you so much, Mr. Poor Man, for that awesome answer. Okay, next on the list is Casey Wheeler. And let's see what Casey Wheeler said. Casey says, number one, Jurassic Park. Number two, Wonka. Number three, Rick and Morty. Number four, Stranger Things. And number five, Raza. So there we go. A little bit of deep root making some top fives. Thanks so much, Casey, for uh, giving me your top five there. And thanks to everyone. And I apologize if you haven't written in there yet. Head over to the Pimmel Nerds podcast, and I will try to remember to read these top fives next time. But for now, I've got to give you my top five. Okay, so number five in this list for most stoked about would be Wonka. Although I didn't love the sound in Wonka, I think it shoots great. I'm a huge Pat Lawler fan. The uh, fly, you know, spinning around Gobstopper is really neat. Some of the other mechs in it are great. The shots are fun. The flow's fun. Um, again, nine times out of ten, when you're playing in an arcade, you're not going to have to hear the sound. I would never buy it for my house, but I was very stoked about that when it came out and even getting to play it. Okay, number four on the list is. Stranger Things. Now, Stranger Things would be higher on this list, A, if I got to play it, B, if I'd seen it stream more, I've only seen it stream twice, uh, and C, if I got to see the projector, because I'm so excited to see the projector. Uh, number three on this list was a little bit tricky for me, but I know it's going to be weird, but it was Monsters. At the time, there hadn't been a pinball machine for a while. I loved, loved, loved how the black and white artwork looked. Um, good friends with Franchi and get to get chat with him fairly often on Facebook and such. So I was really excited to try his next game. Uh, I really wanted to try playing a game that was meant more for beginners because I'm not the greatest pinball player in the world and I rarely get to wizard mode on many. And everyone says that Monsters is too easy, but I'll tell you what, I qualified for A Division at Pemberg and still have not got to even the mini wizard, the very first completing all of them on Monsters. Now, I've only got a dozen or so games in, but I think if I owned it, I know if I owned it, I would have got there by now. But I was very, very, very stoked when that machine came out. Number two on the list is Rick and Morty. Surprise to no one. I love the show. I became an even bigger fan since I heard about it coming out. I love the artwork. I'm a massive Scott Denisi fan. I already added in the top five spooky games of all time. I already added Scott Denise's next game before I even knew it was Rick and Morty. So you guys all know how much I love TNA. I did an episode called I Bought a TNA. Uh, and of course, that wasn't talking about the machine. It was talking about my color-changing TNA double danger shirt. And I absolutely love Rick and Morty theme. I love everything Scott Denise's ever put his hands to. I love all the music he does. I love how it's it's... That machine has got so much, so many new pinovations in it. I can't wait to play it. Now, number one on the most stoked list for me is, of course, Jurassic Park. Many of you could have guessed that, of course. 
And I wasn't even thinking about it, but I was originally, I did like four or five podcasts last year about Oktoberfest. I was originally really stoked for Oktoberfest. Didn't think the animations were great. Didn't think the callouts were great. Didn't think the music was great. Didn't think the artwork was great, but I thought there was a lot of new, unique, different shots. You know, I love three flipper, four flipper games. It was a three flipper game. It has that one shot that's super hard, which I do kind of like from time to time. And it just seemed like it was going to be a really, really, really fun machine. Unfortunately, my good buddy, um, uh, Sean Russell had it for a tournament and they had to turn it off after the first round because the play times were so freaking long. Now he didn't have the time to do the adjustments to set it up hard. So that might've made it harder, but, um, what a great year in pinball, you pinball nerds. Thank you each and every one of you for every listen. I want to wish you guys a absolutely fantastic new year's. Have a safe and happy holidays and uh, wishing you all the best here from the Pimble Nerds Podcast. We're going to go out with a little bit of Radiohead Just. Not sure why, but I just decided to play it. Until next time, Pimble Nerds, remember to eat, sleep, and breathe. Pimble Nerds Podcast. Pimble. Do it to yourself. Do it to yourself. And that's what really hurts. <laughs>